All right, everybody, it is now time once again for Midnight Mayday here on Yes House on Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the show. I can't find. There it is. How are we doing, everybody? Every week, there's always a minor technical difficulty. It's like there a crash landing. It is fine. Welcome to Midnight Mando. My name is Kurt Goldberg. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. What another week it has been in the world of Star Wars. I don't even know where we're going to be able to start. It's crazy. It's insane. And it's the Mandalorian. And I'm going to welcome our special guests this week. Ryan Dole, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Things are wonderful in Canada. Uh, Thanks for joining us, everyone. All right. Abigail Gardner. Thank you for saying that we're special this week. I appreciate that. Um, I'm happy to be here. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining. And Troy Benjamin, how are you, sir? Hey, everybody. I've, I always feel weird and singled out when you guys say that I'm the special guest. So I'm glad that everybody's the special guest everybody this week. Everybody is the special guest. Even me. Uh, even yeah. Me, even me. And I'm the host. Uh, we're all the host <laughs> and we're all the special guests. Um, so welcome, everybody, to Midnight Mando. Thank you for those who are joining us live on YouTube. Welcome to the live chat. We hope everybody had a wonderful week. We hope everybody is relaxed and ready to talk about Mandalorian. Uh, really an incredible episode. Again, uh, I think the show is 11 for 11. And uh, is there music still happening? Do I still hear music? Oh, that's coming from somewhere else. Just in your heart, Craig. Just in your heart. (laughs) Um, I said there was going to be no technical difficulties. I don't think we had any except for me uh, not pressing the right button on the image. Guys, I'm excited to talk about Star Wars. Let's get right into it. There's no need to spend any more time uh, talking about... No dilly-dally. I think people tuning in know what's happening. They know uh, we're here to talk about The Mandalorian. They know about Yes, Have Some Podcast. Let's go ahead and talk about how many credits we're going to give this episode like we always do. Troy, I'm going to start with you. How many credits, sir? Ooh, on the spot. I'm going to give this one 10. I'm going to be bold this week and give it 10 I didn't even get to play my... Oh, there it is. Yeah. I said, fuck it. I was going to get ready. I was going to change the sound and I said, no, we're keeping it. I don't care. I'm already in my Star Speeder 3000. I'm good. (laughs) Um, All right. Cool. So, uh, 10 credits from Troy. That's big. We're going to get into that. Ryan, how many credits? Uh, 10 credits. I I like to play them high, so I like to play them high. That's not a real turn of phrase, but that's fine. <laughs> Let it ride. Hey, hey like man, to... I'm streets ahead on this. I'm good. By the way, I'm sipping my drink behind. out of an Ewok. I don't Ooh. have a straw, so I'm one of those oh. insane people who is just have... taking the tiki mug. Just right kidding. <laughs> taking a risk. Taking a risk. Abigail, how many credits? Well, I figured everyone else was going to give this 10, so I decided to be different. And since I've given the last two episodes 10 credits, I gave this nine credits. Um, I have. I think it's because, no, I did think this was a fantastic episode, but I think that last week had a little bit more of like a horror element to it with some of the creatures mm-hmm. and the spiders that I really dug. And then that first episode had that crate dragon chase that felt like Lord of the Rings and Dune at the same time. So I was just really into those first two episodes. This one was also great, but just didn't quite like get that little sweet Abby spot. So <laughs> I love how you had to like defend giving it a nine, which is I know. Still well, I do. ridiculously high. I'm so right. sorry. I took one off. Right. That's <laughs> still a gold medal you. performance. Right. What the fuck? 
Right. It's still a gold medal. You just didn't break the world record. But no need yeah. to apologize. By the way, welcome everybody to the live chat. Don't uh, worry, Bryce Dallas Howard. We will uh, be monitoring the chat. We're going to do some Q&A as we go. We really appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. And uh, I'm going to be manning the chat tonight. So, uh, man, I got to give this... I think I got to give it a 10, like a 9.8. The only thing it's missing to me off the bat is I wish it was longer. And I always say that, but yeah. it came in at about 35, 36 minutes. And these episodes don't have any fluff, which is fine, but I wouldn't mind just a little bit more, like 10 more minutes of, of anything, 10 more minutes of action, 10 more minutes of the child eating chowder, 10 more minutes of, uh, <laughs> Of uh, you know Bogotan, just something. I would I would have taken it gladly, but was, um, this one was fifty five minutes. How long was this one? I don't think we, no, like thirty five. Like thirty five. Was it like thirty five? Yeah. Oh yeah, geez, 35. okay. It was. I think yeah. it was the shortest one. Uh, so hold on one second, folks. Give me one second. Uh, Troy, let me. We're gonna. What we're gonna do? We're gonna do our roundtable. We're gonna get into the details of what we loved about this episode, and I'm just gonna start with you because I have to tend to something in the chat. Okay, please do. Yes, tend to something in the chat. Uh, this is, I think I'm a sucker for the Bryce Dallas Howard episodes, you guys. <laughs> yes. uh, mm-hmm. Between Sanctuary. Sanctuary and this one, I feel like it hit all of the emotional beats. I feel like it hit all of the lore and the, the canon and, and tying itself so well into the, 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 the not just Clone Wars, but Rebels. I mean, we're, I'm sure we're going to get into Bo-Katan and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt so fulfilled after this episode. And then I saw some people were critiquing it for being another side quest episode. And I was like, what What episode did you watch? This was, we had a huge revelation of why Mandalorian is so different from the other Mandalorians, mm-hmm. uh, why they take their helmets off, why his tribe or uh, his, his sect doesn't. Um, there was a lot here. There's a lot of world building on top of like, Katie Sackhoff showing up and being awesome. I'm also like, Bo-Katan never ages. It's amazing. She just always looks the same. Well, I I want to... Okay. (laughs) Oh, are we going to get into the age thing? Because I I solved the age thing. I figured it out. Oh, okay. Later on in the show, everybody, we're going to do a little bit of math. It's going to be very fun for everybody. Ooh, Uh, math. uh, You know, we're going to talk about timelines, the Battle of Yavin, and then math. Um, Can't wait. Uh, Troy, so you if you're a math denier, you might as well just tap out now. I think I already, uh, you know, banned. I'm math avoidant. <laughs> the math denier <laughs> had to remove some math deniers from the chat already. God, what what is it about us? What what, what are we doing that's just bringing out the the stress? I, I blame know. me. Okay, I blame me. It's, it's, Troy. it's me. They follow. Yeah. Me. They all right. Have. Listen, um, this episode was called The Heiress. It's Chapter Eleven, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, as Troy mentioned, uh, and John Favreau written this one written this one wrote this one well he written it that's how we talk in Georgia. He written it. um Yo, he i written. will say um my, my first thought was man at least somebody in the howard family could put out some pro- uh, quality star wars products oh, oh are you gonna shit on solo again this episode uh, i just think they're gonna be a drinking game at some point think here bryce dallas howard is incredible uh and I, her episode she did last year was was i feel like that was one that was it uh, was it a little bit polarizing? Was that the episode in the village where he meets his woman? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I love. Yeah, that I don't episode. know. If I I didn't realize that was polarizing. I thought we all loved that it. episode. Well, everything's I mean, polarizing everything's now. Polarizing. Yeah. 
Everything is no, okay. polarizing. Even us. <laughs> yeah. We're polarizing. Two out of the four of us. That was one of my favorite polarizing. episodes. Right, so, yeah. Ryan, what Well, I'm bipolarizing. <laughs> there you go. We all are. <laughs> Ryan, what uh what were your initial thoughts of uh of the episode coming out of it? And and I know we should get this out of the way at the top here. Um I'm not a Clone Wars or Rebels expert uh by any means. Uh Ryan, I know that is more your wheelhouse. Troy, I'm not familiar with how familiar you are with uh, those so we'll probably lean on ryan a little bit for some of the uh some of the backstory and i saw a couple people talking in the chat like and i want to get this off my chest at the top what i love about mandalorian and i said it last week is that you don't have to be an expert in star wars you don't have to have consumed all of the media coming into it and the mandalorian himself kind of acts as the voice of the audience at times where he's kind of learning as he goes and you get to learn with him. Um, Mm -hmm. So when they introduce new characters and by the way, I think there's going to be a lot more of this, especially after this week's episode. So we're going to dive into it. We're going to get into the details, keep the chat going. We love you guys. Ryan, what were your uh, initial reactions there? Uh, Like just for the, like, well, Well, I I didn't react quite what I just said. I want you to know if, Oh, Am I doing good as a host and then you can react to the episode? No. What what, what were your initial reactions? You're a good host, Craig. To the episode. Yeah, Craig, you're doing really good. Um, Great. Yeah. I I, I actually love this episode because it was like watching an episode of Clone Wars. It it, it was the closest thing to getting a new episode of Clone Wars. It felt like Rebels has its own feel and Clone Wars has its own feel, but this one felt very very clone wars and clone wars is one of those shows for me where it's like if i need something playing on in the background or some people watch simpsons for that kind of stuff i watch clone wars episodes okay uh and i'm very much into that whole like (laughs) yeah no it's just it's just a thing simpsons oh and it just makes me sick (laughs) you know and uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, uh, in and, hot. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I, uh, and I happen to really like, uh, Bo-Katan. She's one of my favorite characters and I understand, like, and I get why Dave Filoni would choose that character as well to write in because his character that, uh, he played in the Clone Wars animated series did a lot of stuff with Bo-Katan. So, I mean, it all ties back in with Dave Filoni and what he was doing with Clone Wars as well. Uh, so it all makes sense. There's there's a lot of like history there with Bo-Katan and her family and Jedi's. There's a lot going on there, and I don't want to spoil anything because I actually really want people who haven't watched Clone Wars or given it a chance to uh, to give it a chance. Yeah, well, we're gonna try not to get too in depth on spoiling some of the events that happen in Clone Wars and Rebels. Some of that'll be unavoidable, uh, just because obviously this takes place after that and is referencing some major plot points. Um, in characters. Uh, in characters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Abby, first thoughts. Uh, this episode in particular, I think, um, speaking about how it felt like a, a, which I haven't seen every season episode of Rebels or Clone Wars, but seeing some of the action sequences, the way that they were paired with music um, and how stylized some of the shots were, it felt very much like an animated series at points, which I really enjoyed. I thought that there was incredible dialogue moments throughout this episode, like some really funny moments. Um, and I feel like the balance of uh, action with like the sweet, quiet moments is I think what Bryce Dallas Howard's like really good at. So this overall really like hit home for me. And I'm not the person, like I just said, who knows all the depth of the 
animated series stuff, but I still enjoyed it just knowing what I do know and then going back and reading after the episode and kind of digging in a little bit more. Right. And I, Abby, do you know who, did you know Bo-Katan before you saw this no. episode? No, I texted so my friend. Up, did you get that, like, that, that feel of how important she was? Because they did a really yeah. great job of that. And I feel like you probably caught that without knowing who she was. As someone who has watched all of Battlestar Galactica, I, I didn't even know it was Katie Sackoff. I was just very much taken aback by, I was like, this is a big character. She's got cool shit on her helmet. She's doing a lot. Um, this has got to be somebody important. And then later when I read, I was like, oh, she looks like the character. She voiced the character on the show. Katie Sackhoff did. And it was like, this is like a huge deal. For me watching it, it was a huge deal to see Katie Sackhoff, somebody that I love. And just to see that it ties in so deeply with the lore. It was like, oh, yeah. this shit makes everybody happy. It's great. Yeah. It's right. <laughs> I, I, would, I, would, I would agree with that. I think that, um, you know, the way these stories are constructed when, when there's something happening that has a, a level of reverence or important, it, it's just, it's that thing that non filmmakers can't really articulate that actual filmmakers and people who, who tell stories for a living, they know how to, to make it work. I mean, what, and we'll skip ahead a little bit. We'll, we'll jump around. One of the things I, you know, when, when the, uh, the frog lady, I don't think she has a name yet. When she, no, when she's frog, frog lady. When she's with a frog yeah. lady, when, when they get to the docks there and she, she sees her husband and he's waving, we have known her as a character for exactly one week. She doesn't talk. We don't know what she's saying, but the emotion that they conveyed last week and then that scene where you see her and her husband come together, I felt mm-hmm. it. And that is yeah. – you can't teach yeah. that. Well, maybe you can. <laughs> I, I, there's, there's screenwriting teachers who are like, well, actually, that's what we do. Um, but that, that, is <laughs> that, is, that is a well-crafted character arc, and it's kind of proof that um, – and I'm just—I don't want to go on a full rant here, but it's proof that character building and world building does not always need a lot of time. It needs uh, purpose and it needs logic. And uh, every decision they make on this show, it, it means something to the greater good of the show. And uh, we're, even if we never see Frog Lady again, we're going to remember that arc, right? And uh, to anybody who uh-huh. said this is like a side quest episode, I'd completely disagree. I mean, this last week was a side quest, if anything, because they spent 20 minutes battling giant spiders, which is great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but this is pushing the story forward because we know that the 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 arc of the story right now is returning the child to the Jedi. And anytime they say the word Jedi, I'm just like something yeah so exciting yeah. so the hair on the back just goes like oh, it's, it's insane mm-hmm. so troy let's let's uh let's get your thoughts so basically the the episode starts off in the cockpit of the razor crest they're going to what is the planet trask is that what the the planet they're going estuary to? man trask oh, the, yeah it's a moon yeah. trask uh, an ocean moon we'll call it and um they're the, it's a re-entry scene and they do with really quick dialogue we know it's going to be intense. Mm-hmm. They got to go through the atmosphere. We got to burn the fuel. You, you just buy into it at this point. Um, <laughs> what would you think of that opening scene? And, and this poor razor crest is really it's going through a lot, man. I was going to say, I, my first thought was I felt for you having just purchased your Hasbro pulse uh, razor crest and not wanting it to disintegrate before you get oh, your uh, no. three and three quarter inch version. Well, I'm going to reenact uh, the scene. I'm going to, as soon as I get the razor crest, I'm going to go out on the front porch and just throw it in the middle of the street, dump it over onto the carport. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. the poor Razorcrest is just getting taken out to the lawn. It's just, it's terrible what they're doing to this poor ship, but it's kind of, it's giving it buildings, it's building some character and it's making you feel for the ship. Kind of like you were saying that you felt for Frog Lady. Uh, there was that moment where she's like holding on to whatever lever he's given her and she's also like trying to keep the, the egg basket from falling. Um, and like that right there is what gets you to latch on to her as a character so that you feel for her when she runs into her her frog husband uh, on the surface. Same her thing with husband. the Razor Crest, her frusband. <laughs> um, we're all frusbands if I think about it. Uh, but anyway, so... But but the Razor Crest is the same way. Like in the first season, when it got stripped for parts by the Jawas, uh, that kind of made you start feeling for it. And now you see it just constantly just getting beaten up. And uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. And then the way that they handled the the re-entry and the the air traffic controller is like screaming in his ear, and he's like, "I'm doing the best I can." Yeah, they build is so good. Uh, and then, of course, the comedic punch at the end was the, right before that that main title, where you know the engine blows up and it just falls into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, man, that was so moment. Ducktales. It reminded yeah, me of something was. right out of Ducktales with Launchpad McQuack. You know, it's like perfect line in chief with Mr. McKee yeah. and poof, right? fiery descent. <laughs> uh, I thought I thought Mandal- I thought it was just over. I thought the- I thought that was the series finale. Credits. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I thought that the uh, the first episode of the season was the best open, but this honestly kind of rivaled it. I think it's Comedic becoming a really thing. Funny. I think it's becoming. Um, uh, thank you, Ray. Apparently, my audio is a little low. We're, we're going to try to fix that. I don't know if that helped what I just did. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll 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 figure it out. Um, uh, Troy, keep uh, keep going. Oh, so yeah. So once we get into the title, I mean, I don't. Uh, uh, Ryan, we haven't seen, we've seen like ocean planets. Like we saw, um, Kef beer in rise of Skywalker, which I know is a fan favorite among this crew. I can't, can't speak so highly of <laughs> rise of Skywalker in this company. Um, but, uh, so you see, you see kind of an ocean planet there. Um, but it was cool to see like the Mon Calamari and the, um, the Corin and, uh, the seafaring races, uh, and, and a planet, um, so that 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 was immediately what struck me, and then when you see the reuniting of the the frog parents, uh, you get that nice tender heartstring moment. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, uh, I, as as a fan, how did you feel about seeing all those moncals, uh, Ryan? Um, I have this written down as my notes because I thought this was really really cool to see, and I I know some people are gonna what think why would I think about this and think this is cool, but the idea of a calamari wearing a knitted sweater, uh, <laughs> I thought was just really. Really yeah, like fisherman. Canadian. It was like Canadian East Coast. That whole like area that they landed on reminded me of like Nova Scotia or New Brunswick of Canada, where they're doing like you know they're they're beachcombers. You know what I mean? Like it just it it kind of reminded me of that, and so it kind of like it felt a little CBC Canadian to me. So I actually kind of really enjoyed that, and uh, as you said as well, echo as well the. When the frog couple reunites and they, they, they touch hands, right, and then embrace, you know, and then she's like holding his head and stuff like that. It's just, it's really endearing and just like they're frogs. But yeah, <laughs> they're but frogs. We, <laughs> but we were like, you know, our, our hearts felt it and it was, uh, it was great. Uh, yeah. Well, that's, she did, this, and that's the child reaching out for the eggs. 
I should interject yeah. with um, the that the knitted sweater uh, Mon Calamari there uh, that was played by Frank Ippolito. Now Frank is a uh, an SF or a, a, he's a builder. He he has a shop in L.A. He's friends with Hal Clay. Uh, apparently oh, he did all oh. of he made all of the uh, the Mon Calamari masks uh, for uh, Mandalorian and has been working uh, on the show for a while. Oh, did he awesome. work on the sweater? I don't know if he made well, the sweater. Uh, oh, well, then we can just keep moving on then. That Chris Evans. Was it the sweater? Uh, was it the sweater. sweater guy that had that line uh, about like, that he hands the credits to and he's like, see what yep. you can do. And he's yeah, like, he's well, like, fill it with fuel if it still holds fuel. That yeah. guy, that's yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 Um, so, and I don't know if he did the voice, but Frank has a shop out in LA and uh, they, they work on all sorts of stuff. So uh, that, that was cool. Little, little uh, YHS connection there. I've never little fun Frank. moment. Uh, maybe we'll have but yeah, on the show. Abigail, six degrees of yes, have some. That sounds good. I was going to echo what you were saying about the frog lady and a husband reuniting i literally stood up from the couch and moved towards the television while that was happening like i was frog lady going towards my husband and then craig yelled at me he's like no we need to take mando seriously come sit down and be quiet are you treating the the samsung as your husband is that what i'm hearing Uh, yeah television well can we call her husband dan frogman I call him Mr. Frog Lady. Um, uh, I'm sure there's another name. Either way, <laughs> that moment, too. it was so special. And I love that when I watch this show, I get up off my seat and, like, cheer. And it's so it's, it's so exciting every week to have something like that, that you care about that much. Especially after you just met those characters, like hey, we were all saying. Yep. Another interjection here. Um, we, we've probably seen the Razor Crest on screen more than any ship in in the galaxy including uh the millennium falcon is i mean is it is it gonna rival the falcon is it is like is it better do we like it more <laughs> ryan looks so uh, when I said that. <laughs> that's a bold claim that's ship. a bold it'll have its own generation <laughs> yeah uh, uh, uh so, yeah i yeah. think for i think for new fans this will rival the falcon okay. if you're me it's the falcon all right it's, yeah. That's the answer, then. That's the way. This is the way. I mean, the the Ghost and Rebels sort of grew on people too, and that was one that, like, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, it's just trying to be the Falcon. It's it's that prototype Falcon model, uh, and 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 by the end of that show too, I really felt w- so that when I saw it appear in Rogue One and at the end of Rise of Skywalker, your favorite movie, um, it, it was awesome, like, to see that in the in in the bigger universe. So right. I think if, if people saw the Razor Crest in a sequel that comes up soon, it will have that same that same impact. Very, very, very true. Um even if it's like a new Razor Crest, not necessarily Din's, right? Like just seeing yeah, the just that model updated or, Razor yeah. Crest with yeah. it's got like Banthas on it for some reason and new uh, <laughs> Jabba's Palace <laughs> bands in there doing new songs. I don't know. You never know. <laughs> it can happen. Hey, listen. Make world. <laughs> uh, so basically Mando is still on the hunt for his own kind. He's looking for the Mandalore. And uh, he in this scene is we get our first shot of um, 
what we will find out later is Casca Reeves, played by WWE superstar Sasha Banks, who was credited by her uh, her government name, uh, Mercedes mm-hmm. Vernado. Uh, she's kind of off into the uh, distance. Kind of, ha- we saw this in one of the first trailers for The Mandalorian, and uh, she's kind of cloaked. And, and just quick scene, you figured she was going to come up later. There'd been some rumors of who she was playing or who she wasn't playing, um, but it turns out she's a new character which which i think is cool because i think they're going to interject stuff that we know and i mean bogaton is like or bogaton sorry that's the first animated character that was introduced in the animated shows that is making its way to live action i believe and uh, that's kind of a big deal and i think a couple years ago you would say risky at this point it doesn't feel risky because those shows have they really have carved out their own section of, of the entire Star Wars universe and, and are as beloved as, as some of the movies. So, or all the movies, I should say. Um, but basically, Frog Lady, Mr. Frog Lady tells him, uh, tells Mando that uh, the information he is seeking will be in this little diner, um, which leads to, uh, some really fun stuff. I mean, anytime Mando and the child are sitting down for lunch, I'm in. Give me whole, I want Seinfeld level episodes. I want a whole episode where they're just waiting to get a table. I would watch Dinner that. for five. Can we call that restaurant <laughs> the Chatter Spout? Yeah, they're at the Troy, I'll, yeah, they're at Del Boca Vista. You're telling me there's no tables? Uh, Troy, uh, so in this scene, <laughs> this scene, uh, they sit down, the, the waiter comes up uh they there's the chowder let's talk about the chowder i like the discussion the waiter has about like it's like kind of new york like you gotta hurry up you gotta pay for a table like if you're gonna sit here you gotta get something and pay for it i like that uh and uh, so they order some chowder or he orders chowder for for the child and there's this really funny scene there's like a live squid creature and uh and he, you know it's it's basically it, it leaps up right it, it latches itself to to the child's face and uh and and mando says quit playing with your food it's just like it's so funny that's so funny <laughs> like and then so does he does he use like is that a the like a vibroblade or something cuz in the in the first episode he throws that dagger at the guy and you hear the sound effect that kind of goes brr, 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 right, so right. i was like oh is that supposed to be Cause that's a, that's a legends thing that was in the books and vibroids. Yeah. I didn't think that was yep. something real, but so now he doesn't touch that squid thing. He just kind of gets close to it and it like peels away. Right. So I'm guessing that's what it is. Is it's, it's, it's like vibranium. Well, right. not vibranium. Well, I hope you know he's cleaned I mean? it <laughs> since then too. <laughs> there was a Certainly. tremendous amount of uh, stabbing in this episode, just all around. There was a lot, a lot of, of stabbing. Uh, Yes. Uh, Thank you for bringing that information, Troy. I thought that was just a letter opener, by the way. I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Mando loves to check his mail with style. He's a big supporter of the post office. Um, Did did anyone else notice that, like, in that whole area, like, in the landing bay, just on that planet in general, there was no droids? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. I, I didn't notice that. But in general, I love what they do in the show where they show you these different environments in the Star Wars universe. Because for so long, it was just like, you know, you'd see the rebels on their rebel bases. And you would, you would, you know, even the first three Star Wars movies, you can kind of like the first movie is very brown. And the second movie, there's snow and Dagobah. And the third movie, there's, you know, Endor. And what, 
like just to see the ocean and to see this like basically this fishing town is what this feels like right and like you don't get a sense that any of the people in this town really are very invested in anything going on in the universe like it, it's kind it's of very like, transient, like space pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, all and it's of them. very, and it's also very relatable to like Earth. Like you go to some small rural town that's like separate from the rest of the world, and they're just doing their own thing. Uh, and uh, I kind of like that. It, it, it it's, uh, I love seeing these different worlds, and I'm totally cool with them going to new. We don't need every episode to be on Tatooine or, or Hoth or, or whatever. Like keep. Keep give me that new stuff. I really like. Well, that. maybe maybe the sea air doesn't agree with droids. All those moving parts and things <laughs> like that. Just uh, yeah, yeah. maybe all the droids. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. What, yeah. what I was hoping that we're, there'd be like a Mark Wahlberg like v- voiced uh, uh, squid with like a uh, <laughs> with so a thick wonderful. Boston accent. Uh, but <laughs> hey, green dog, how you doing? <laughs> hey, listen, say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> you know, I find those Mandalore, I will, but it's gonna cost you. Uh, that's a terrible. So you use drugs, huh? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they're in this restaurant. I think we're funny. Uh, oh, I mean, that's why we do this. We're just gonna mm-hmm. entertain the people. Uh, by the way, thank you for everybody joining us. It's late. It's twelve thirty on a Friday night. Uh, this is the the Wayne's World of Mandalore. This is the way. We this stay up right. now. Uh, got yes. no place to go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who's the old lady? That's my old lady. That's my old lady. Um, so Mando, basically, he's looking for these Mandalorians. He, he always says, have you seen others like me? Because he doesn't want to explain. Like They're like, what? Like with a helmet? What's a Mandalorian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, the, the waiter tells him that there's somebody you can help him in. And the guy explains uh, that well, well, what's the, the race of people called again? I call the them corn. squidheads because that's what the figures yeah, are. Right. The, I, yeah, I always speak in uh, toys, by the way. Uh, but the corn gentleman says it's going to be you know a couple hours sail. We'll take you where you need to go. And I can't believe that he trusted him. Right off the bat, I was like, this is bad. Like, I knew it was Everybody, bad. I just want that armor. Right. It's, it's very dangerous. Yeah, it's like the it's guy with like driving around an Escalade, and people are like, "Hey, right. come to my secluded uh, alleyway. I'll help you get directions somewhere." And he's like, "Okay." Um, so, uh, but then it cuts to this beautiful shot, and I assume Troy that they're 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 using the the virtual backgrounds for for filming. But God, does it look good! Like you it's, could yeah, fool me. Was that on a tank? I have no idea. Like, Ryan, you'd probably know better than I do, but it looked like maybe they shot part of that practically on a tank, and then the rest was just a background replacement, maybe? It, it yeah, that's, great. that's I mean, what it, it looks like, like cause, yeah. yeah, there's a lot, like, Mandalorian is mostly background extensions, right? Like, that's the yeah. majority yeah. of what it is, and the rest is pretty pretty practical, and I I do have a feeling it is. I'm, I, I do know some folks that are working at the studios that are doing it, and I probably, I, I think I'm going to ask because I am actually also Dude, super curious. Right of, Dude, yeah, right <laughs> yeah do you know? Uh, I mean, yeah. ocean, ocean waves and stuff like that. It's just, it's always so difficult to do and to make look real. Like they have that giant take a uh, tank on the Paramount lot. That's also their parking lot that they use for everything. Like the Truman show and uh, Apollo yep. 13. And, and it always looks like calm, flat water. And, you know, the background is always right. just kind of that washed out white sky. And this, you know, looked amazing. And, and right. again, like Abby was saying, the music kicks in and you've got this like 
club mix uh, pirates of the caribbean yeah it's like this giant sweeping i, I think the description called it swashbuckling you know it's like yeah, the swashbuckling good. episode well, of the mandalorian yeah. well because yeah someone's underwater trap like all of that because yeah. of the porn like you get that davy jones vibe by the way can we cut back like 17 years when pirates of the caribbean was as big as the Mandalorian is now, like pirates was when, when the second pirates of the Caribbean movie came out, it was like, even my parents were like, I'm pretty excited about that new pirates movie. This Johnny Depp. Wow. Uh, so anyways, I just wanted to, I don't know what it says about me. I, I had shades of water world. Like it's, it's that shot of the Mariner on his, uh, his Mm -hmm. raft in water world. By (laughs) the way, we need, Abby will agree with me. I hope we need Kevin Costner in star Wars at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a, that's a good choice. Yeah, it's a good idea. I don't know. Just figure it out. Figure it out. Come on, John Favreau and John Cena. We need John Cena on there too. Pass. I'll pass on that. Um, <laughs> although I'm no excited about Cena. peacemaker and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So, so this is the the big piv- <laughs> this is the big pivotal scene where uh, basically the 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 guy says. Oh, we re- we want to show. Uh, we think the kid will get a. Oh, you're really hungry. What is the creature that they're feeding? What's it called? The monocore. Monocore. Yeah, monocore. Yeah. I call it a sealac pit. It's a that's a sealac pit trap. Yeah, that's what I called it. Fantastic. I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah, the sealac pit. Let's make that canon. Yeah, except sea lac sounds like a pharmaceutical or something. Um, like, but this, yeah. if you're allergic to sea lac, <laughs> please go see your doctor. So <laughs> this is a big scene where they—it's very upsetting because they whack, uh, not Sopranos whack, but Mandalorian whack uh, uh, the the child into the this pit which is in the ocean, and Mando dives right in. I love it. He's pre- like. If they ever try to separate this two, like fast forward to internet outrage, God forbid something ever happens to the child or or something. It's going to be really bad. Uh, Dude, look at the reaction to frog eggs. People are going to lose their goddamn mind. That was oh a my thing God. last when, week. When this frog <laughs> that was start. a thing. That was a thing. Okay. Yeah. The, the sanctity I of know, frog I life. Um, anyways, we'll, 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 we won't acknowledge that. He eats that. everything. He's Yoshi. Yeah, he eats everything. He I'm pro Yoda. Yeah, I'm pro baby Yoda. <laughs> pro baby Yoda. Um, I hope at some point they start referring to him as baby Yoda on the show. Right when everybody gets used to calling him the child, they're like, oh, baby Yoda, don't you know? Oh. Uh, so... So this so this attack happens, Mando dives in, boom, our Mandalorians show up. Ryan, did you realize that was Bogotan immediately? Yeah, because of the colors. Mm. That's okay. how like, yeah. I so right right away I knew and I was already like in like Misty I was it to look so true to what we saw in the cartoon. Because so, how many times have we like grown up or watch movies based on a cartoon or a comic and things aren't always exactly as you see them right. in how you originally right. saw them right He-Man so once they get transferred the into live action i'm talking mess of yeah. the universe even mm-hmm. ninja turtles to an extent right uh you know like anything even even mcu uh you know all that stuff it's always like slightly different slightly off something it's just always like 
we have to make it different for the movie because it's the movie. <laughs> right? All this like fucking marketing bullshit garbage coming from a studio yeah. exec. And then they come in here and they just go, let's just copy exactly what we had, you know, back yeah. in, you know, 10 years ago. And they did it. And it was just like, holy shit. So you could just fucking do it. So X-Men, make it like the a goddamn hint. Right, yeah. Like right. it's just. It well, literally it like made from... me. Exp- I know I sound like I'm swearing and I'm angry, but I'm actually like super, super happy. Right. And this is me being like overly joyously happy that they just did it. They didn't give me any kind of bullshit excuse of marketing garbage, you know, mm-hmm. some bloody jargon from a studio that's never read a comic book or seen a cartoon. So it was like really nice for them to just take it and embrace it and own it and give it to me. Right. Slap yeah, it on a plastic lunchbox and sell it to me. Yeah. Well, it all <laughs> and, stems and back going to going out the, of their way to do right. that. Oh, sorry, Craig. I didn't mean to I step on you, but like go, giving her the red hair and going out of their way to make Katie Sackoff look like the cartoon, like the character in yeah, the, the headband, series. everything. It was yeah. just uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's pretty. It's kind of unprecedented if you think about it. And what I was going to say is it kind of goes back to the old uh, uh, first X Men movie where they make the joke about. The, you know the uniforms like what what should we be wearing yellow spandex and everybody in yeah. the world went yes and it, that also stems all <laughs> yeah. the way back to batman 89 so like there's been this kind of like like what's the movie version gonna look like and now it's it's kind of like hey you can do a tasteful version of an anime like people listen mm. we're, it's star wars no one's gonna you know it, i'm glad they didn't just go in a completely different direction with like, yeah. Even if it was a black leather, yeah, right? like black leather, black leather yeah. mask for some reason. All the <laughs> you know, have leather masks on. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, crazy. yeah. Um, so, uh, so that was really cool. She shows up now. She does have uh, uh, Sasha Banks with her. Uh, we we mentioned her earlier, um, who is a new character. And then the the gentleman Axe Woves, I believe is his name. They are part of the Night Owls now. I believe the Night Owls originated in the Clone Wars uh, uh, show. Is this correct, Ryan? Yes and no. Okay. Because explain. It, they were explain. I don't want to get into it because I want you to see it. Fine. <laughs> we'll just talk about tonight's episode. And it, so they. they yeah. That's fine. Just, just think. So I can, I can do it without spoiling it. If you have a warrior race where everybody is built upon honor and battle, and it's like the Klingons, there's always factions that are at war with one another. Right. Um, yeah. That, that, so, so one sect may not always be the same sect, or they may uh, ally themselves with another sect, and so that that you can take into watching the Clone Wars and even Rebels to a certain extent. Um, and that's what, all you need to know. There's cool. there's many different right. levels. There's many subtle levels. I uh, got it. <laughs> got it. What, what are we doing, Ghostbusters at, at midnight? Uh, um, so I'm uh, ready after this. Uh, you want to hear me not know uh, anything? <laughs> Ask me any details about real Ghostbusters episodes. <laughs> Nothing. I don't retain that at all. I'm like, ah, eh, their suits are different colors. I like the toys. Um. So by the way, I'm exposing myself as a fraud. Uh. They save Mando. That's what happens. Abby, what did you think of this scene? I loved it. I love Sasha Banks. I think that having that like physicality, like a an actual wrestler, someone who's like an athlete in the in the gear, kind of like uh Cardoon a little bit. 
um, seeing that it just it plays on screen so much better and makes a more badass character. I think um, and seeing that yeah. rescue hip tossing them overboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. like you can see, it's like I believe that she can do that because she does that in the ring, and you can see it, and you can see the muscularity and the definition in her uniform, and it's, it's all very cool. Um, yeah, seeing that scene, seeing Mando like under the grate, that's uh, very terrifying to think about, like drowning and also um, the child's in danger. So. It's just really cool to see them fly down and then just kick so much ass like a music sequence. Uh, it was it was a very, very cool scene. Um, it was great to see Baby Yoda get out of there alive and see the bassinet open and that he's still dry and still okay. And you could see that Mando was a little bit shaken up after that, too. Like, right, right. it was like a tremor, tremble in his voice a little bit. Um, it That was like, and that was just really earning the trust, I think, of that crew, those three, which obviously, if we get into the next part, they save his ass again, you know? So it's, yeah. And I think like, I, no, go for it, Troy. You're good. Craig, can I, can I go back to Axe Wolves? Because there's something that I want to mention there. Please um, do. Everybody with Sasha was super stoked because of, of her being who she is. But as soon as Axe Wolves took his helmet off and revealed that it was, uh, uh, Simon Cassinetti's who was in agents of shield as Bakshi and quantum of solace. And, uh, it's, it's kind of cool because, and I just want to mention this, uh, Sarah Haley Finn is the casting director on the show, and she has cast every single Marvel Cinematic Universe film since the first Iron Man with Jon Favreau. So she goes back to her well of people that she knows and she respects to play these kind of like second or third character roles that she knows is going to like really, you know, amp it up and 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 do justice to it. Um, and so Simon shows up and then Titus Welliver, who we'll get to later, uh, who obviously, uh, you know, we know him from Lost and stuff, but he oh, was in yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he he is one of those characters that, you know, uh, shows up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, and everybody loved, too. So I, as, as an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Marvel nerd, that was moment number one where I was like, your casting is fantastic. Katie Sackhoff was already great casting as a voice actor. Uh, Sasha was great as, you know, just a physical presence, and she's got that cool menacing and all of the uh like uh, action scenes that she gets to do and then as soon as simon shows up like oh he's like the 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 uh the weapons expert or the uh the, the munitions expert of the group uh so yeah that, that just those three of them together was was awesome sorry i didn't mean to step on you i just had to point that out no you're good you're absolutely fine um i i thought this scene was really cool abby you mentioned mando is definitely shaken up and uh, he was because like um, it's he's taken it. Upon, I was shaken up. Yeah, and he's taken it upon himself to to protect the child and return him to the Jedi. Um, and uh, and he was kind of like, I don't know. It's like he let his guard down a little bit. So obviously, he sees these Mandalores show up. He's freaking out. And then they take off their helmets, and he's like, "What you're doing? What?" <laughs> he immediately is like, "Where'd you get that fucking armor?" I'm out. Showing up in a spirit pack. So Troy's gonna have to like uh, start giving disclaimers on, on the cross rip. Like, I do not know those people. I love everybody. <laughs> Um, I don't share the same views as Yes Have Some. On yeah, that's going to be like the views expressed by the members of the Yes Have Some podcast are not are that not shared by Drew So, anyways, then they kind of have this really important discussion, which 
literally bad writing. This could have been really bad, but it's good writing. And he says, you're not real Mandalorians. And they're like, yes, we are. You're part of a, a the the weirdo Mandalorians, basically. Like, uh, you're in a cult. You're in a yeah. cult. Mm-hmm. Like, you're part of children the children of the watch. Yeah, you're part of the children of the watch. And you guys are uh, religious zealots, which, by the way, Go back and watch the armorer scene from season one. Like that's some weird shit. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. it's cool, but it's it's weird. And like I think ritualistic and yeah, it kind of addresses. Do, do, am I wrong that it addresses kind of something people have been scratching their head about with with the Mandalorians? Is like we've seen Mandalorians without their helmets on uh, a lot in in uh, in Star Wars, or at least at times. So this kind of puts a button on that a little bit or at least gives it some uh some backstory and yep. uh so yeah I, I thought this was a really good scene and obviously this introduction of, of bogaton was we talked about it earlier but just this really incredible thing where we have now solidified because there's been rumors is it going to be this person and obviously we know ahsoka Tan is coming and there's rumors about other rebels characters and 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 all of that. I mean, God, every day on on Twitter, uh, Rohan, what's his name? Rohan uh, Raul Coley. Raul, Raul Coley. Yeah. Uh, he has to <laughs> d- to deny that he's playing Ezra. I guarantee this guy's going to show up as Ezra at some point. Like it's just going to happen. <laughs> <He's supporting laughs> I, I love him, by the way. I don't know if we anybody do. watched Blind Man or yeah, but he's, he's incredible. I think everybody loves him. Everybody right loves now. him, and he he gets the thirstiest tweets of of all humans on on Twitter. <laughs> it's it's a sight to behold. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so, so Raul, uh, I would love to have you. And he's a Ghostbusters fan. I would love to have you. I would love to have you. I don't know. Uh, I'd love to have you on the show if you're, if you're out Whoa. there. So, um, and I'd love to have you. So, uh, Seriously. <laughs> it's weird. It's getting weird. Um, Midnight Mando. Midnight Mando. The truth. I've had, I've had, I've had half a Coke Zero out of my, my wicket and I'm just going nuts. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, okay. This scene was great, but I want to break it down a little further. Uh, Ryan, how did you feel about all of that transpired here? The explanation of the children of the watch, the explanation of what Mandalorian is. And when they have this, like, this is the way he's like, no, this is the way. And they had like a, a this is the way off, which I thought was pretty cool. This um, is- <laughs> and then they, this then, is they the way off. then they bail and yeah, this is the way off. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, he, he goes back to the docks and the guy's like, you killed my brother. And he, and then they showed up. They're like, no, bitch, we killed your brother. Um, Dude, that's Katie Sackhoff's like awesome. coolest moment. Like, he didn't kill your brother. Right. I did. I, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I know Katie Sackhoff's coolest moment. And we'll get to that point. Okay. <laughs> but, right. the, but the music uh, at that moment, too, when they show up for a second time to save his ass, like right. that was that was awesome. That yeah. was a point where yeah. I thought. I needed like three or four minutes of, of episode between those two scenes because they bail and then they show up 90 seconds later. Um, I don't know what else we could have seen, like maybe just two or three minutes of, of Mandalorian and the child just on that, that raft with all the dead. Uh, I don't know something, but anyways, getting another chowder. Getting and more then- chowder. Yeah. Going back, like, back for more. <laughs> Putting crackers in the chat. It's like when you go on vacation and you, you go to, you know, Sweet Tomatoes for lunch because that's all there is. This is, is. just us. And then this at dinner, you're, you're, uh, you're back at that's Sweet Tomatoes. That's specific, Craig. That's what? very specific. <laughs> it's just, it's so specific. It's just like that. To Orlando. Uh, by the way, yeah. uh, uh, 
from Forlorn Bazuckus <laughs> is in the chat tonight. Uh, Jake uh, Stevens, we had him on Toy Anxiety this week. We're going to have him on Midnight Mando uh, one of Jake. these upcoming weeks. Uh, uh, very well-versed in Star Wars uh, and uh, oh. great chat. So please check out this week's episode of Toy Anxiety. Cheap plug for Yes, I have some podcasts. Um, Jake, what were the corn called in the Kenner line while you're in there? I, be- I, I can't look it up. I've been trying to look it up and I can't find it. Um, weren't they just- Craig speaks fluent in Kenner. <laughs> weren't weren't they just Squidhead? Isn't that what it was just called? Yeah, Squidhead. Squidhead. Craig's like, oh, okay. take this. Just that, that came to my head, but that didn't sound right. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I speak Kenner. I speak Kenner. Um, I speak Kenner. By, by the me, way, sir, I speak Kenner. <laughs> uh, and uh, Eric Reich has joined the chat looking for Ghostbusters talk. And uh, well, I mean, we, we can, can talk about Ghostbusters. It. We can we do can it. Do that. Uh, I've done yeah. it before. Uh, Star Wars. Who cares about Star Wars? Yeah, we, we, we really about... like we really like those spirit packs. You could, uh, you know, <laughs> I like them. Ryan, like you're everything. about to be banned from our channel. Is what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we need a live banning. We, we need to bring out a new guest. Um, oh, sorry. I hear I'm a little controversial. Oh, yeah, you are controversial. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. Anyways. So what we're going to do now is talk about the scene that I've been asking Troy and Ryan about for the last 10 minutes. Ryan, what was your impression of the scene? <laughs> we're still at the point where they're meeting up with those squid heads. I thought that was pretty cool. It is what it is. I think we've already talked about it, kind no, of. but. The- <laughs> no, this is your favorite part. No, right. this is not my favorite part. My favorite okay. part is like when they're on the ship. I'm cutting down to Troy. Ryan, you've I'm gonna <laughs> mute you. Uh, Ryan, you uh, missed Troy, out, Ryan. This scene where the the Mandalorians come back and and rescue uh rescue Mando again. Well, they What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, again, between the music that kicks in there and and how they it's it's almost like a fatal attraction moment, like. I don't think you understood us. We're here. You don't get to just like jetpack away from us. You will listen to what we have to say, and then, and then you can make a decision, right? Um, and and I thought that that was that was awesome. Um, I also, I mean, I love that we've established now that uh, Mando is this giant, you know, a badass brawler that can go into a wrestling arena with uh, however many people that was like a dozen people that are are fighting against him, and he can take them no problem. But he does need help from time to time. Like he is still a fallible character, and he still needs assistance. And um, and and this kind of just proves that you can't be the man with no name. You can't be the lone gunman forever. You do need help, uh, which was a big theme of last season. Um, you think he would have learned his lesson after enlisting Cara Dune and other people to come back and help him? Uh, that he does need some help from time to time. So. Uh, very cool, and um, it does just kind of get us into, like, that's the next thing that propels us into the Imperial uh, part of the episode, which I thought was a really good bridge, too, is like, well, there's still Imperial occupation on planets, including Trask, and uh, we're going we're gonna to get into that because right. they're, they're either they're either completely decimating Mandalore for all of its natural resources or so- something is wrong with Mandalore. That's where this comes in. Right. Yeah. Am I yep. jumping ahead? Well, like nobody's he, been back to Mandalore. It's been dead for generations. And he um, says that, and he says that he's like, yeah, he, I don't remember the exact comment, but basically they're like, dude, again, don't believe every, like he, I, I Mando's like, uh, like all of our parents on Facebook. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> he believes he everything he read. He's like, I saw a post that said Mandalore. We well, can't even go there anymore. And everybody who goes there dies. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, um, 
I think don't uh, go to Canada. They're, they're, <laughs> right. Um, they're, <laughs> they'll give you their socialized medicine. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Carl. You'll have Marks. weight lines forever. Um, uh, Carl Marx, uh, Richard Marx. That's what I meant. Um, Tim Allen, is that you? Richard Marx, the fake <laughs> Brian Adams, who's the fake Brian Adams. Um, uh, we, we've we've cut like a knife. <laughs> we've cut across so many lines. What I loved about <laughs> what I loved about this is they talk about how um, Trask is a black market port, and that's really cool because it's giving some definition to this planet that we've just you know we were seeing it for the first time, right? And they talk about how the Imperials are coming down; they're taking these weapons and. Anytime we get to see stormtroopers or any remnants of the the, what did you just do? What just I had happened? to close the door. There was a cat trying to come in, and then I and then I was going to get Craig's like voice coming in through the you door. You can Sorry. throw a shoe to close a door, Abby. <laughs> I, yes, it's pretty cool. I threw an R two D two pillow actually at the door. No, remember like <laughs> ten years ago when somebody threw Thank a you shoe for at George Bush at that press conference? That was <laughs> yes! Abby. Yeah, that, that, that was her. Dude, you know, I'm sorry, dude. The <laughs> yeah, it is. So, uh, but it's cool. great aim. So they say basically, we're going to help you find the Jedi, right? Is because that's what he keeps asking. We're gonna find. We're gonna help you find the Jedi, and uh, but you're gonna help us. We're gonna we're gonna take over this Imperial ship tomorrow, and uh, it's a very Ocean's. There's a lot of Ocean's Eleven esque stuff where they're getting the gang together and they gotta they gotta go hijack. Uh, and there's a really funny comment about how uh, there's all these troopers, maybe a squadron of troopers. They couldn't hit the side of a Bantha, which is always funny. Making fun of stormtroopers is hilarious to me, and. Uh, and then it kind of cuts to where we I mean we get right to the next day. Basically, they said they they, they can't leave till dawn, and uh, it it all starts kind of playing out from there. I don't want to get too ahead. Uh, Abby, what would you think of all of this? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed the build up, the transfer of information, and seeing Sasha Banks's character eating the little tentacle meal was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah that's what th- I, that was. They go to dinner. Favorite. They go back to dinner is what happens. They have dinner. They My share whole sweet tomatoes together. thing. There we go. Yeah, they go to sweet tomatoes. <laughs> they go back to sweet tomatoes. <laughs> but yeah, right. then they break down the fact that it's like, all right, we they, we need to get this ammunition, our guns and stuff back from these guys that took them. And I need your help, which again, like uh, you're saying, Troy, it's like Mando realizing that he needs to work with a team um, and maybe sort of grow and evolve a little bit, um, change his perspective on people and and things and it has right. grown him as a person and, and trust the child to the frog couple again too he's like yes. i need you to watch him while i go do this thing where it's relying like, on other people yeah he fi- he's finally frogs. coming to that realization yeah i want to yes. see a spinoff of the frog people just babysitting all the time the child like they're it, i get you know because really what's going to happen is one of these missions manda's going to leave the child there He's gonna die, and then they're gonna. He, the child, he's gonna be. He's gonna be part of their family, and then they're. You know, he's never gonna feel like a real part of their family because he's eating his brothers and sisters all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, it's gonna be a big family. They're gonna have multiple kids. It's gonna be called Frog House. <laughs> okay. And it's gonna start off with them driving Ooh. down the San Francisco Bridge. Boo. Why, yeah, why did I be like boo? I boo. Whatever happened to those eggs in that jar? How rude! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, oh, God. Kill Tanner. Have okay. mercy, you guys. That was funny. <laughs> I like the idea of it being more like everybody loves Raymond and the frog family living across from Mando, and like that's kind of the setup. Yeah, okay. And they come over. Okay, okay. okay. None of this is going to happen. Company. <laughs> okay. Can we so have listen. like Frog's company where they live in an apartment? Uh, there he goes. Egg is enough from Full <laughs> Whoever can come up with the Egg best enough. pun. Egg is enough. That's the good. best <laughs> pun for the uh the the Mandalorian frog lady uh sitcom. We'll we'll we'll, we'll do something. She um, leaves her husband, moves in with three others. That's called Golden Gills. Oh, whoa! <laughs> I'd watch wow. that. I would watch that. Yeah. I'm really trying here, but I. <laughs> banning banning we're banning people from the chat anyways Ooh. um moving on uh it gets wild i'm telling you we're in the, the youtube's different youtube huh? is different than YouTube's like so everything different. else it's the wild west oh man it just hits different you know it just does where were we we've gone so off the rails okay uh, so he goes he goes on the oceans 11 heist uh, of the imperial uh they become pirates that's where they we become were. pirates, right? And and that's that's what happens. They take over the imperial ship, and then this is where we're introduced to uh, our imperial leader, Titus Welliver uh, of uh, uh, Lost fame. He played the Man in Black, and uh, he's been in some. Some he's a great actor. I really like Bosch. Him. If you haven't watched Bosch, it's awesome. And yeah. I think um, let's let's have this little discussion. How are we feeling about these imperials who are who are still clinging on to? Uh, to uh you know the empire you know what's the line uh long live the empire they're, long, they're, live, the empire. long live the empire yeah and we got this is pre-first order you know uh in in all of the the kylo ren stuff by by years and years um how, how do we feel about these loose remnants of, of the empire and the galaxy like still trying to uh it, it reminds me of the foot clan and secret of the ooze like they've been you know relegated to uh, a shack outside of a, a of a, a city dump basically and uh there, there's not a whole lot of them left but they're still trying they really are i, I think it's really cool i love seeing this stuff I mean, it's uh, there's there's a whole thing with the Imperial forces where there's Operation Cinder, where if you've played um, uh, some of the video games and it's come up in some of the books like Alphabet Squadron. Um, but like there are people that are still clinging to the fact that the Emperor might be alive. And it turns out they're right. Um, and <laughs> but, but there are the people that think that there's a bigger plan. There are, again, talking about warring factions, there's a bunch of uh, admirals and vice admirals um, and grand moffs that are all fighting and, and jockeying for resources and, and territory. And so, like, the Empire is still hanging in there. And for all of the people that are still you know pilots or in the lower ranks um there are some people who are dissenting and that's what if you read the alphabet squadron i'm gonna i'm pointing to you craig so that you can read this and fall asleep uh, alphabet squadron is a great book that's about an imperial descent <laughs> he's gone he's out he's out. I, what is it with you and books i don't get it I like <laughs> books. There's just so many words. I wish it was more of like he a just never learned to involved. read. <laughs> uh, this is their Oscar moment. Uh, um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's uh, it's 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 a it's there's a lot of depth to it, and they're really exploring it throughout of you know the the comics and the books and the video games to kind of 
you know, what, what happens when you realize you've been working for the bad guy? Do you stick with it? Do you, do you leave? Um, what, what, what keeps you there? What makes you leave? Uh, it's, it's really interesting. So, so seeing these guys, like the pilot who, once he hears the command, you know, the long live the empire and he knows that he's about to get a blaster in the back of the head. Right. Um, it's like, oops, I made the wrong decision. (laughs) I should not have. I yeah. should have gone to the New Republic. Um, and also, yeah. I also want to point out, because uh, Jake was absolutely right, uh, Titus Welver, another Deadwood connection. There you go. Lots of Deadwood. Show. Lots of Deadwood. Yeah. So. Um, I, uh, I want to talk about these stormtroopers. I don't want to... I, this is not even a commentary on any of the sequel trilogy or anything. I just love the classic stormtrooper design. And that's not because I don't like new stuff, because I think Kylo Ren is one of the most badass looking characters of all of star Wars, but there's something about those old, like the, the remnant stormtrooper. They're, they're a little bit dirtier. Uh, they've got the, the old model, uh, uh, you know, helmet and everything. I just, there's, and obviously see, there's this really funny line where, uh, they, they kind of communicate to the cockpit. They're like, Oh, there's pirates. There's at least 10 of them. i love that i love that um but did uh, anyone else notice that these imperial officers didn't have a british accent oh interesting oh good point okay yeah all right so they're they're these are probably the scabs then (laughs) yeah right that's the imperial officer waiting (laughs) list uh guys the empire's down but they're they're calling me up i don't i think i'm gonna go (laughs) Formed <laughs> in this episode like they were brand new and had never like right. shot a blast before, right, right. which I know is kind of, part um, of the And some of them, their uniforms didn't quite fit either. Like the, all of the the imperial uniforms are always super tailored, and I noticed a few of them were a little too big. So yeah, maybe they were just kind of working their way up the food chain. Right, yeah. like they got the hand me downs. It's like when you join the Cub Scouts like too late in the Cub Scout season, and there uh, you go. <laughs> here, take this. Uh, this one kid didn't make it. He was he hurt his knee. Wear this one um, again. Yeah. <laughs> super specific stories about my life, <laughs> and then you go to Sweet Tomatoes to and everything. Tomatoes. Totally fine. <laughs> um, this episode of Midnight Mandos brought to you by Sweet Tomatoes. Sweet Tomatoes, <laughs> your choice for vacations and Boy Scout troops. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think Sweet Tomatoes made it through the pandemic. I think I don't think they did either. So. I think they were soup plantation owned. I'm gonna yeah. honestly bring they them were. back. I'm trying. I, I need that soup and that that yes. bread that they don't call pizza, but it's clearly pizza. It's, pizza. Uh, it's like it's not pizza. It's just doughy bread <laughs> with sausage <laughs> cheese. Bread. On it. It's pizza, guys. Maybe if you called yourself Pizza Store, you would have survived. Um, okay. <laughs> pizza store what am i talking unlimited salad pizza so there's this scene where they're the the pirates we're going to just refer to our four mandalorians as pirates from now on um they they kind of get caught in in a in a pickle and they are are trapped in this uh well they come up an elevator and this scene reminded me so much of batman forever i was i was overreacting (laughs) with with the the troopers all waiting for the mandalorians and you see and i was like are they going to do the thing where they just blast it while the doors are closed and then and then tommy lee jones shows up and they open and blast uh, they, him yeah they didn't go that far 
Uh, but there, Abby, there's this really great scene where they trap them in the, the control room and these guys think they won the battle. And then, they, yeah, yeah. they're like, and, trap them where? And he's like, in the cargo control area. And then like, <laughs> it takes a second for that to set in and you're like, oh, shit. It was very much like, it almost that. had like a Dukes of Hazard. like, we need a freeze frame. It's like, it was at this moment this that moment. the Imperials <laughs> realized they were in trouble. Uh, I thought that, that was scene really was cool. awesome. Because up comes my favorite part of the whole show, my favorite line. Okay. I think in all of Mandalorian so far is because they're like, when they're calling them in, they're like, pirates, where are you? What are you guys doing? She's like, yeah, we copy. And she says, put some tea on. We'll be up in a minute. (laughs) Best line. Oh, it's like. (laughs) That was almost as good as Dan. Dan Aykroyd on uh, on uh, Seth Meyers last night talking about uh, all the additions that he made to the the SNL uh, offices. <laughs> I noticed there's a trend with Dan Aykroyd where he takes credit for everything that happens near him. Like uh, I, I imagine when Dan Aykroyd's at a red light when it turns green, he starts telling all the other cars like, "Boy, did you see what I just did there?" That's his uncle. Yeah, well, the light was red and now it's green. Uh, but, <laughs> um, I I loved it though. So yeah. He, Dan Aykroyd talked about how he added a shower, a toaster oven, and a kettle to to uh, to the SNL offices. So uh, yeah, that's special. Good on him. <laughs> Good for yeah. him. Yeah, well, they needed some kettle. tea up there. Uh, you know, he probably just called room service and they brought him a kettle. You know, ah, uh, well, uh, it was the finest kettle from Newfoundland. I say. Um, <laughs> I love. Sorry, Dan how Aykroyd. did you say that? <laughs> Newfoundland, <laughs> Newfoundland, whatever. No, Newfoundland. It's okay. Newfoundland. Um, there's this other right before they lock him in the cargo hold, as Abby <laughs> talked about. Uh, yeah. There's this funny the 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 dopey imperial officer uh, is like close the doors, close the doors. Like he's freaking out. He's like close the doors. We got all, we got all of them. All of them. Them. Which ones? All of them. Uh, it was really it was really good stuff. Um, anyway, so really cool scene. Uh, they destroy everybody. They destroy more troopers. Then there's this kind of pivotal scene where finally I was waiting for the whole episode where they're kind of getting outnumbered by the troopers. And then, uh, Mando kind of takes the lead, you know, cause he's Batman basically. And he's got, you know, every week new assorted weapons. We don't know where he gets them. We don't want to know. We don't want to ask, but he's got like, you know, bomb grenades attached to his arm and, uh, he, he saves the day and it's really cool. And I, and I loved it. Yeah, and, and this is also where you really start to learn what Bo-Katan is after. Like, so there's the after you, you get the the Moff Gideon uh, communication, um, and you start to put two and two together because, and I'm sure Ryan, you were wondering the same thing. Is like, how the hell did Moff Gideon mm-hmm. get the dark saber? Uh, Absolutely. And, and the, last, the last time we saw it, I think, was with Bo-Katan, right? Because Sabine gets it, but then Bo-Katan takes it back. I can't remember. She I don't wanna, gets again, it. I don't, Right. Sorry, we shouldn't ahead. be even talking. We shouldn't even be talking yeah. about it. But yes, I don't want to talk you are, about it. You yeah. are correct. You are correct. Like it's like because yeah, like the moment we saw that black saber at the end of last season, that was like a that was a massive reveal to anyone who's like followed along with Clone Wars and Rebels. Like that's that wasn't just an Easter egg. That was a oh my god moment. And so, uh, you know, I, to see her now like she's going after it again to get it back. And she's tracking him down. Yeah. It's exciting stuff. Yeah. It's, I mean, so you get to, you get to understand why Bo-Katan is, is now trying to get into this Imperial faction and what, what she's really after. Like she's not doing this for the glory of Mandalore. She's trying to go after the dark saber to get it back. But, um, 
Yeah. I don't, I, sorry, I got distracted. Mike Davis in the chat put uh, how many hits they got on that best car armor. So it's like, you know, Mandalorian is just charging with his head down and they're just, and that, that was an awesome moment where he was, he was literally just being his own human shield. Right. Just taking fire. I liked it. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yep. That was cool. I guess we Very should heroic. mention uh, we we see our first glimpse of Moff Gideon. Uh, not we we kind of see him and hear him, um, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. He hasn't been in the the show since the finale of last year. Um, kind of reinstating that he he's the big boss. He's kind of calling the shots, and uh, I guess he's the the imperial leader as of right now. Uh, you know, there could be more. Or uh, one of them, or yeah, because there's Admiral Sloan and there's a couple others that have like taken the mantle. Not know. Grand Moff Garrison, as we once referred to him on Toy Anxiety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I, we all want to see that. Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, it, you know, everything kind of goes down. So uh, the the Titus Welliver, um, basically Bogotan gets in his face once they get to the cockpit and says, does Moff Gideon have the Darksaber? And he's like, you know the answer. And uh, then he does the old, the Star Wars version of a cyanide tablet, it yeah. looks like. She's like, I'll let you live. And he's yeah. like, nope. <laughs> no, <you're right. laughs> so, he, yeah. um, and, and that's kind of the, the action of the episode. There's, they packed a lot into 35 minutes. They really did. Um, I think, uh, and then a couple more really important things happen after that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um how do we feel at this point, though, Ryan? Are you are you satisfied with with uh, where the story is going before we get this this reveal coming up? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, because that was awesome. That whole that hallway scene. Because Star Wars has really good hallway scenes. Like, oh, dude, hallways I, are I, huge I, in Star Wars. Star Wars and uh, Netflix Daredevil. Like, they seem to really have the <laughs> best hallway fight scenes. Like, at, like you know, it, and it's great, and I, yeah. So it's fun. I mean, it, it feels like star, like that was. It felt very Star Wars as it should. Yep, it was cool. Um, let's talk about this because it's coming up in the chat, and I think we've all discussed it a little bit today. The timeline, Bogatan's mm-hmm. age. Now, um, the, let me preface this by saying none of this has anything to do with uh, how old somebody looks or should be this only has to do with the actual timeline and trying to figure out um uh you know the 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 ins and outs of how old she is how old she was and if it makes sense not that we want to play gotcha politics with the mandalorian but um let's do it so in in thinking of the timelines and correct me if i'm wrong i believe uh the the clone wars era is approximately 20 years before the Battle of Yavin. Does that make sense? It should be yeah, about 18. 18? Okay, yeah. 18, 18 to 19 it years should, before Because Luke and Leia are like, yeah, they're like supposed to be like set, like 17, 18. Right, right. Clearly. For right. A New Hope. And then it's like three years between A New Hope and Empire. Right. Well, I think, and then I think of then another three years or three, four yeah, years, I, Troy, correct me if I'm wrong there, between Empire so. and like Jedi. Two, three years, maybe. I can't. So, two, I, three. Right. And then another five years. So let's say. Yeah. Abby, are you keeping up? Let's say another. No, did he put up a little uh, segment notifier that says math and yeah. lets everyone know that math. we're doing math yeah, right Sorry. Now. So I would do a good estimate that it's between about 32 years since episode three. To where we are in Mandalorian. Okay, 
Thank you. So it's one year uh, from Forlom to Zucca says it's one year between A New Hope and Empire. But um, I believe Mandalorian's about 10 years after Battle of Yavin because everything's based on Battle of Yavin. So if we add 10, it's we're we're somewhere between 28 and 30 years from Clone Wars to where we are now. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Approximately 30 years. So how old was Mm Bogaton when she shows up in clone wars that's the question the that same age that she is now that's what <laughs> yeah <laughs> well uh, i was kind of yeah. going based off my own age because katie sackoff and i are the same age cool. so surprise surprise i'm not 23 <laughs> i am 40 and okay. she's also 40 like uh our birthdays are actually even like a couple weeks apart how cool is that okay. and yeah. uh I hope she's so watching. it's. I'm gonna. Say I, would, it, it's, I hope it's, she's watching too. And then, uh, really so cool. I would say yeah, she's not like not that interesting, honestly. <laughs> I would say she would be like, <laughs> yeah. I would say she's about uh, like her early twenties, but okay. by the time episode three hits, okay. So okay. right, so that would make years, her like an early at thirty years, early yeah, right. Okay. Like I mean. She so the character still, she's playing is about 10 years older than she actually is, are we saying? That she actually is. That Katie and then plus some good the self-care. Yeah. 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 Plus she's it's Star Wars. Yeah. Eats a lot I mean, of she's protected she's by the sun and everything with that helmet, so she's not going to, like... Okay. She's not going to age as quickly yeah, and stuff, so too, right? Because maybe Obi-Wan ages faster because of Tatooine's sun and stress and having to watch and the guilt. New Hope, Luke Skywalker. Well, on- and also, mm-hmm, let's face mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. old pe- people, you, like 40, Alec Guinness was 35 years old when he filmed Star Wars. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> like, it's just the way it used to, it was just the way it used to be. <laughs> yeah. Like, that dude, like, he had just graduated med school. Lots changed. Um, <laughs> Wilford Brimley was 30 years old when he was on the Waltons playing <laughs> the grandfather. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. so we we can safely assume she's probably let's say early fifties. It's also you know I think a lot of times in Star Wars we think well there's all these uh, there's all there's humans and then there's all of these other races. But like we there, there's all sorts of versions of humans in Star Wars. Let's just go ahead and uh, there you go. That's what we'll do. Baby Yoda's fifty and he looks. <laughs> He's like, eight. dude, baby Yoda doesn't look not like, even. He doesn't not look even. a day older than Alec Guinness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. So, so I understand the issue people have if it's not fitting up with the timeline, but I think that having Katie Sackhoff in that role and bringing someone from the um, cartoon right. is a, it's the cool Steve thing. Martin thing. That guy's been fifty four since nineteen seventy two. Yeah, and we're all. I, fine I mean, with and we. It. We kind of talked about it with Boba Fett in the first episode, too. It's like, well, wait a minute. Why does Captain Rex look like an old man with giant gray beard and everything, but Boba Fett hasn't aged a day? And maybe, yeah, because he was a different type of clone and he didn't have the, the aging... Uh, um, accelerator. Accelerator. <laughs> um, right, right. Yeah, but still, it's it's like... you. I, I don't know. It, it, there's the force and it's a magical thing that uh, okay all right just the whole thing doesn't make sense just right mm-hmm. right but that's our episode two mention for the night all right that's our attack of the clones mention <laughs> there we go that, uh, that movie brings it all together every time yes uh, i'm gonna get one in every episode some way, somehow. <laughs> um, okay cool so this is where this conversation happens right now They've they've made the deal. He's helped them. They've helped. They've, there's like this mutual agreement, 
and they're going to kind of separate for now, but they do uh, uh, tell Mando, uh, or I should, Bogotan tells Mando, like, hey, um, I can get you to to the Jedi, or at least uh, a spokesperson for the Jedi, <laughs> like Ahsoka Tana's agent, basically, is what, what she's saying. Uh, or the, the directions to Ahsoka Tana, uh, just for clarity, the forest planet of Corvus and the city of Caladon, I believe these are new uh, places in the Star Wars universe, um, nothing that uh, was triggered in any of my research. So, um, first mention of Ahsoka Tana in the live-action Star Wars world. Abigail, how'd you feel? Very excited. I mean, that's a character that is is beloved, and I personally think is very cool. Um, it's a big tease to know that that's coming next week, and it was a really cool like final moment of the episode to have that confirmation. Um, it's just very cool. I know a lot of people have been chasing seeing her like in in live action, and I know there's been rumors about casting, etc. I'm not sure right, how much right. we're gonna go into that, but right. it's exciting. I'll say that much. I'm very excited. It is exciting, and I think, uh, and I'll just give my opinion on it. And we'll go to you guys. Um, you know, for for a character that started off in the Star Wars universe, where where there was a big collective, uh uh-uh. uh, and then over time it was a collective, uh huh, yay, like we like you now. You've been accepted, to do. and there's rumors that there might be an Ahsoka Tana, you know, spinoff show. Um, you know, these characters from Clone Wars and Rebels, like they're here, they're part of the universe, they're here to stay. They're going to be injected into live action, um, as as uh, you know, Dave Filoni and John Favreau see fit. And I think it's amazing, and I can't wait to see uh, see how that uh, unfolds. Uh, Ryan, I am so full of love and excitement, and I cannot wait. That's all right. it. That's all I have to say. How do you think Ashley Eckstein feels knowing that that uh I I think she's I would hope she's being supportive. I, I haven't bet she is. I bet really she is. I haven't heard or really read anything. Uh but I mean she's she's so success, successful in her own right, right, right with just Ahsoka, her Star Wars clothing line and everything else that I can't imagine that she has time to sit there and stew that someone else got casted as the live action Ahsoka. Right. And once, and I know everybody knows who it is, but we're, we're just still not going to say it, but there'll be mm-hmm, plenty mm-hmm. of discussion to have. Um, once it's revealed that Rosie O'Donnell is playing Ahsoka Tana and it's just a weird <laughs> casting. and I didn't see it coming, but hey, there you go. There you go. Barney. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that's that's by the way, you. Rosie O'Donnell as, as, as a uh, uh, Betty Rubble. That's mm. like, that was fantastic. She's great in that role. That was on, good man. 90s. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It was good. And she nailed that laugh. She, she did. And Rick Moran. Oh, it was perfect. By the way, another great flick. There was this baseball movie debate going on Twitter. I don't know what your favorite baseball movie is, but a league of their own is the best one. Just putting that out there. Okay. Well, Moving rookie on. of the year's up there, but yeah, you're right. Uh, um, can I, so, Craig, can I go back and point something out? So you kind of stumbled with um, when when uh, Bocatana. Well, she well she was she was saying you know you should go talk to Ahsoka Tano. She will direct you toward the Jedi. But there should be an important distinction here that, without getting into spoilers of the last season of Clone Wars that's on Disney Plus now streaming, uh, that <laughs> Ahsoka had left the Jedi Order. Okay. And she had turned her back on the Jedi. Okay. And uh, so, again, not going into where you see her last and, and the choices that she has to make prior to Revenge of the Sith, but I think it's going to be interesting to see when Mando gets there with the child what this is going to do to her. Like, right. is this kind of her 
you know, uh, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope is, is, is the child going to show up on her doorstep and all of a sudden it's going to be like, look, this thing that I've been ignoring for uh, 10, 20 years is now coming back to haunt me? Right. Or has she been rallying people trying to get rid of the Imperial Remnant and still trying to be the, the you know, f- fulcrum rebel leader that right. she kind of well, was? I don't I know. Mean, I'm, I'm really curious to see that. I'm curious. The, the big question I always come back to is you got to remember the timeline. This is post Return of the Jedi Star Wars. And when you think of what the Jedi Order is, as far as we have seen on screen, um, it's, you know, you would think, you know, this is well before Luke starts training, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the Kylo Ren class of, of new Jedi, like, but he would be training Leia at this point, would he not? Well, according to, he'd be training Leia and, yeah. Yeah, and and out searching for Jedi artifacts and remnants and so, all all the stuff that comes up in the video games. Yeah. I I per, I've said it from the beginning. If this is the route they're going, um, Luke Skywalker will show up on Mandalorian at some point. It just makes sense to me. If if you're trying to, because there was uh, at first it was oh they're going to return. Who are they returning the child to? Is it his race uh, of of the creature of the of Yoda Yaddle? child yoda yaddle child or is it uh the jedi and it's the jedi when in that the jedi right now it's i mean i don't know if you guys heard but uh, luke skywalker kind of you know defeated the empire and they're mad about it clearly well he wasn't just him i mean he had some help all right i'll do it I'll <laughs> yeah. bust sure maybe i don't know i don't know if i could do it it was on my promos this week for the episode so. <laughs> I haven't got a lot of child it, so. away from me. Um, I, uh, I, I think Luke will show up. I think Leia could show up and, uh, um, yeah, I don't, let's see from four long designs. I want to see Snoke telling Gideon to get the child. Ooh, are we going to get Snoke? Uh, like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of opportunity to, to fill in, you know, uh, gaps and stuff from, from the sequel trilogy that would be real, like add a lot of, you know, backbone the well, same way that well if they have those snokes in a jar baby yoda's just gonna eat them all <laughs> <laughs> i've been every voice you stop that <laughs> stop that i love that um they really missed out with no snoke in a jar uh christmas novelty gifts last year just putting that out <laughs> Yes, actually, from this episode, speaking of from a jar, I really want the frog eggs in a jar that you can like hatch in real life. I want that to That's be gotta a toy happen. That's that I can happen. buy. They, like, see, let's last year, you know, everything was so hush hush about Mandalorian. They couldn't get any child merch out for the uh, uh, for the launch of Mandalorian. I mean, it was months and months. Remember, it was like it was like April of this year before like we got anything. And now there's new stuff every Monday. Every, every Monday. They, they're not. By the way, they just put out a Babu Frick. You can get at Target again. A little late, but we like Babu yeah. Frick. Join is ready. Babu Frick trying to get pre-orders. Oh my God! He, Babu Frick is now our Borat. We're just all gonna do his uh, voice. True. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I want to see Bobby Frick trying to get Mando Monday pre-orders at Target. My life is ready. So and then the episode ends with the Mandalorian going back to get the child from babysitting duty. And there's this really sweet moment where the, the frog has hatched and he's playing with it. And he's doing that thing that little kids do. You know when there's like a oh, baby? Man. 
You know when there's like a baby (laughs) playing with another baby, but the one baby's just slightly older than the other baby, and they're like touching its head and looking at their parents, like, "Look, I'm a I'm a an adult now, like you." It's like (laughs) poking at it. That's like that's subconsciously what like uh, little babies do. Like when a two year old is playing with a one year old, they're like, "Look at me, I'm like you now." (laughs) Aren't you an old nervous? Yeah, it was playing with us because we've seen him eat a live frog and we've seen him eat the egg. So they're like his hand being in that bowl the whole time. I'm like, don't do it. The internet's going to go crazy. Just right, don't right, do yeah. it. I wasn't even thinking about the internet. I was just thinking like, they're gonna, he's going to pick up that baby and they're going to pan back to the parents. That bowl's going to be empty. And then we're going <laughs> to see him on the razor crest, pop that baby frog. Tad pull thing back, you know. Yeah. The, and, the weird spider squid thing later, so it's right, fine. right, yeah, right, another, right, right. Um, right. So he got that, but no, but seeing him, yeah, it's like playing with it and stuff. Like after he left and the thing was still there, I was like, you know what? I went from slightly stressed to uh, it was to like super cute, super adorable. It was yeah. cute, a lot of cute yeah, stuff, really well, and that was the episode. Better. Can you believe that? It took us an hour and a half to talk about 35 minutes and we're not done yet because we have to go to our segments. Um, well, we did a lot of sidetracks. Let's well, be we fair. Did. We did. I mean, we did. listen, we, we banned some people at some, there was a cat Hanson clone at some point that had to be banned. Uh, Are you serious? Yes. Yeah, uh, there's only oh, one cat Hanson in our hearts. There's only one cat. Yes. And, uh, and uh, Eric Reich was there for a little bit. Uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, uh, just lots of, lots of good stuff happening tonight on, on the, on the stream. And uh, we're just getting started. No, I'm just kidding. Segments, um, segments, segments. For the segments. We got another hour to go, y'all. By <laughs> the way, if you have any questions that you would like us to answer or address, please leave them in a chat in the chat, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get to them. And uh, by the way, also if you're listening to this afterwards, either on YouTube or the podcast feed, make sure that you're subscribing to the YouTube channel. We have a lot of fun here. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And uh, we, we love doing these. And uh, yeah, okay, cool. Here we go. Right now, we are going to go to our first segment, which is, I don't even know where I'm at. Here it is. It's the child moment of the week. Look at that. Oh, that's a terrible sound. Mm-hmm. That was not oh. the Star Speeder 3000. Mm-hmm. That was not. Yeah, no, don't do that one again. That was ben terrible. Burt, I was going to say, Ben Burt would not approve that. That's getting notes. I, 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 yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm I'm canceling Craig. I got uh, right. um, And also thank you to Jake uh, from forlumnazuckus.com for for hanging out. Uh, I loved having him on Toy Anxiety this week talking action figures. It was it was a ton of fun. Yeah, he's great. And uh, uh, and let me give more shout outs to the chat. AJ Quick, uh, he's got a Ghostbusters website. It's called GhostbustersNews.com. You can check it out. And uh, <laughs> Stop. I'm just kidding. It's gdfans.com and uh, Patrick Davis, <laughs> Ray Cameron, Jack Ivy GB, otherwise known as John Yurkaba, uh Julia Hansen. Which one? One, two, three, or four? <laughs> uh, John Yurkaba the fourth couldn't make it. John Yurkaba one through three are here as Jack. Oh, oh good. Very oh, thank goodness. Yeah, oh, okay. Uh, AJ nice. says, I'm not the real AJ. I'm Sean Bishop. Uh, and of course, Brock and Jessica <laughs> are here as well. And Yay. Uh, yeah. uh, lots of lots of good stuff. Lots of fun. Okay, cool. Um, this is how we get the Ghostbusters community to talk about. This is what this is. Ghostbusters fans talk about Star Wars. Talk That's Star what this Wars. Is. I don't know if we're gonna <laughs> ever have ex- 
acceptance into the Star Wars community. <laughs> it's the alternate title of this show. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. As long as, uh, okay, here we go. The child moment of the week. I'm going to say it. I'm going to start it off. I'm going to steal everybody's because I know it's all the same. It's the shot, the close-up of the, uh, the, the frog eggs, the one hatches, and his eyes are just on it. It was a beautiful shot. Bryce Dallas Howard. Listen, I don't know how TV directing really goes. I've heard sometimes it's just kind of a, a, you know, a hired gun kind of thing episode of the week, but I like to think that she made that happen. I'm giving her all the credit. So Bryce Dallas Howard, thank you for that child moment of the week. Very yep, special. That's uh, that's my moment. And you were right when you said, I'm going to take it because you did. So, um, yep. I'm with Craig. Right. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, was that yours? No, no, I have another one, but yeah, Abby, Abby, go ahead. I'm well, I consider the baby Yoda moment of the week to be the cutest moment. Um, and I'm actually going to give this to not baby Yoda, but to, uh, Mr. And Mrs. Frog lady for their reunion scene, because that got my heartstrings and I really loved it. I thought it was extremely special. So I want to give them a shout out. And also the birth of their tadpole was so special and everything with baby Yoda watching. I love how Simpsons, the the tadpole looked when he came out of the egg because he kind of had those those big Simpson eyes and the mm-hmm. big kind of Simpson like upper lip yeah. thing going. It, yeah, yes. it was kind of Futurama-ish, a little Matt Groening, yeah. I guess you should say. I guess I could say, but you could. yeah, you're everything's so cute. Ah, this show. Oh. Sorry, go ahead, Troy. <laughs> Troy. Uh, I would say so. So runner up is when he has the wooden spoon and he's looking into the chowder bowl before the thing hits him in the <laughs> face because he is so hungry and he's so excited for food. That's such a cute moment, but. Um, I would say the entire cockpit scene because he wakes up and you can tell Bryce Dallas Howard is is a parent because she's doing the entire ritual of a kid waking up in their infancy. It's like wakes up, is super cute, gets kind of cranky, realizes that they're in peril and starts like freaking out. Uh, And then by the time that they're doing like the uh, aliens uh, dropship elevator from hell, uh, like the child is living it up and just like, again, the ears flapping in the air, like (laughs) it is such a good good progression of like just watching and they're just cutaways. It's literally just like cutting back to, to the child for reactions. Uh, That's it's, it's a a whole scene rather than a moment, by the way, we didn't mention it, it, but when, when Mando and the child show back up at the razor crest and it's now pieced together (laughs) by fishing nets and ropes. Oh, stop. Stop! You're taking my you're oh, taking future yeah, things from me. All right, yeah, so, so strike that from the record. Um, okay, Abigail, are you ready for our creature feature of the weekend? You're going to sure. tell us about all the creatures, new and old, and I'm going to give you some music. Sure. Here we go, and go for it. All right, right off the bat, we got Mon Calamari, which we've seen before in Return of the Jedi. Uh, we're all familiar with them. Uh, the squid people show up, called the Quarren, yes. which were very much like Pirates of the Caribbean, tentacle face. Uh, and then we have the introduction of the Mamacor, which is the creature that, Ryan, what did you call the Sealac Pit? The Sealac Pit, yeah. Sealac Pit, yes. Very scary, very awesome. Um, and then I'm not sure the name of the species exactly, but there's the six-legged the squid creature that is in the chowder that again shows up on the ship that Baby Yoda eats after the Mandalorian like kills it. So those were all the creatures that I caught. If you caught another creature, you let me know in the comments. 
Well, well there was the one. List. You forgot the one. It was that she looks human, but um, she's ninety years old, but she only looks like she's forty. So I don't know what we call. Oh. That, but. <laughs> Katie Sackhoff. <laughs> yeah, it's called a Katie Sackhoff. Oh, um, by the she way, never ages. I'm assuming all the people here have watched uh, Battlestar Galactica, but if you haven't, it's a it's a great watch, and uh, we want to send uh, get well wishes to Michael Hogan, uh, who played uh, Saltai on that show, and he uh, yeah. had a really uh, tragic, uh, you know, health crisis uh, over the last couple months and uh, his wife has been posting updates on a GoFundMe that you can donate to and uh, it seems like he's he's in good spirits and, and coming around and uh, just really he's a great guy we've met him a couple times uh, at, yeah. uh, at Dragon Con and, and things like that and uh, yeah um, Battlestar is great love Battlestar haven't revisited it in a long time um, but uh, yeah Yes, Patrick Davis. She's a Cylon. That's what the. That's, that's the, yes. that's the She's uh, an angel. Yeah, there you go. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. <laughs> that's. Are you an angel? <laughs> I forgot. Oh my god! Wait, the hold last on. Here we go. <laughs> I know that's not a tactic. <laughs> <laughs> it's Phantom it's right. Are you an angel? We, what, what he an, in the Star Wars universe? An angel is a a, a woman who doesn't age. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Have you seen Natalie Portman? Um, yeah. Okay. So, she still has that wood snippet. Um. Anyways. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? The Japur snippet. Okay. Here we go. Um, no. Whatever. MVP oh. of the episode. <laughs> Who is the MVP this week? Oh. Abigail. Uh, all right. Well, I'm giving this to the Mon Calamari and the sweater in the beginning of the so of the episode for saying I'll fuel it up if it still holds fuel. And then for his job, like fixing the uh, razor crest was amazing. It reminds me of how I would probably do it with a lot of string and nets and just kind of whatever I could find. Um, I thought that was hilarious when uh, they get back in, in the ship and like take off and it's very much like just kind of thrown together. Yeah. Um, and I don't think anybody who's character. working on Mandalorian is allowed to talk about it at all, but maybe we'll be able to get Frank on the show and at least just he can wear that sweater and that, that'll be it. We'll just have him wear Cable the knit. Yeah, I, I um, I love that. But the, but the, uh, I have to add on that, real quick. Those cable knit sweaters. I mean, that's like what Quint wears in Jaws. Like that's what the fishermen wear. Uh, Ryan, go for it. Uh, just to add on to what Abby said, uh, my first thought when I saw the the cockpit with all the the nets and stuff in there, I I wrote down all that fish net looks like my closet. <laughs> 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 yeah do you want to tell us more anymore is that good no no leave well it if you've ever seen leave me when i wear my ghostbuster stuff yes i usually wear like a fishnet top and my uh yeah. my uh my flight suit tied around my waist so you, you know, gotta that's... leave something to the imagination for next week you should have just left it there God, hey man that's know, what the I bottoms are for to, i need to learn how to host a show uh, <laughs> sure. no. uh or ryan what was your mvp of the episode uh, Bo-Katan for being pulled directly out of the cartoon and into my visual iPods and into my heart where it's she like cool formed world. a mold. Dude, it's so cool. I can't believe. Yeah, dude, it's exactly that. It's a, I don't, I don't want to know how she went from cartoon to live action. <laughs> Clearly, if you've seen Cool World, we know how this works. Yes. Uh, so thank you, Dave Filoni. <laughs> That's who I'm going to thank for that. <laughs> I think he keeps all of his uh, Star Wars secrets in his cowboy hat. He pulls them out. <laughs> That's right. Bo-Katan. But yeah, so Bo-Katan. Uh, Easily. She's, she's my MVP. Uh, Troy. 
Well, I, I had written down uh, Cable Knit Sweater Mon Calamari too, uh, just because of his disposition and trying to fix the ship. But um, I will give my MVP to the two stormtroopers who are on the exterior of a space freighter that's taking off going to space. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, who are the quickest to die. <laughs> yes. And there's one guy, and I, th- I think his oh. line is, oh my God, they're pirates, and then he's dead. That's, oh my god! <laughs> he's like, isn't he splattered on the windshield yeah, at some point too? He just smears <laughs> off. I love that. Yes. And an episode full of bug people and squids and calamari. The thing that goes splatter on the woodshed or the, the windshield so is just those disposable stormtroopers. Ray Cameron says. She, Ray Cameron says she's not old. She's just drawn that way. Oh, oh, oh rabbit rabbit. Nice. Should I serenade uh-huh. everybody. You had a that was for Brock. Patty cake. Uh, cake. <laughs> Dude. Hattie cake. No, we went to Days of the Dead last year and and uh, oh gosh. Oh god, now I, I shouldn't have gone down this road because I can't think of the uh Elizabeth Turner, is that her name? Uh she mm-hmm. was there and Kathleen Brock Turner. and Kathleen Turner. Catherine Turner. Who's Elizabeth Turner? That's just a new person I made up. She'll be I think on. Elizabeth Turner is the character's name in Pirates of the Caribbean, which is really making me suspect that you're a huge Pirates of the Caribbean fan right now. <laughs> which is funny because that's me. I'm the actual <laughs> huge care like Pirates fan. Now Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean, is that the one with uh, Johnny Depp's wife? Oh, oh. Man. okay. Uh, is she not in that as well at some point? I don't know. I, I what happened between them? I haven't read the articles. Let's not even go. Not Let's not. Is go this there. the time to discuss uh, that? Going on. Uh, Jake says same squad that patrols the outside of the Death Star. Yes, yes. It's not a good <laughs> shift. It's a bad shift. <laughs> what the hell straw did you draw for that shift? <laughs> yeah, but they they make it sound better. And like no, they're like no. I actually really like it out here. Pressure. Admiral said he's going to let us inside this time. (laughs) Dude, it's going to be great. It's going to be so great. Um, Okay, my MVP of the episode. We're going to have to make up a new award because uh, I think uh, we're going to need to bring in that six man award I talked about on week one, where somebody who was only in there for a couple minutes but brought the most. Um, I think it's going to be, uh, I'm going to go with Bogotan as well. How about that? It makes sense. Cool. She's probably strongest. And I hope we see more of her and it's, it's awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, Okay. Well, there we go, folks. I don't know if we have any predictions. I think we're just going to get rid of the predictions segment because the whole thing is predictions, but does anybody want to do some rapid fire Q and a, we're going to be here for about three more minutes. We are happy to address anything you bring to the table, but I do want to take a few minutes to thank Troy and Ryan and Abby for another wonderful night. This is so much fun. Um, if you are new to the stream, if you are new to the Yes Have Some Universe, make sure that you find us here on YouTube and subscribe. Make sure that you find us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts, and join us for the after party that always happens in Yes Have Some Group Therapy on Facebook, which is our official Facebook group. It's growing all the time, uh, and uh, we have some really good discussions in there uh, about Mandalorian, Ghostbusters, and, and all sorts of stuff. It's, it's just a lot of fun. Um, so... That is my plug. No questions are coming in. I think we addressed a lot tonight. I think we covered some ground. Uh, Let's do final thoughts. Abigail. Uh, Final thoughts. It's my birthday next week um, on Friday. 
So we will all be celebrating together doing the show. I'm excited. Um, I hope it's a great episode next week. Yay. Um, Let's see. Yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. I enjoy this show. And thank you all for watching and commenting. And thank you guys for being here with us. (laughs) Uh, Troy Benjamin. Yeah, I I uh, I know that it's a good episode when my good friend Jason uh, sends me a text in all caps with a whole bunch of exclamation points and ones at the end that was like, "Holy shit, that fucking episode!" <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it, this this was a fun episode, and I was really looking for. I was trying to avoid talking to literally anybody about this episode until I talked to you guys because I just was really excited to jump into it. Um, and I have a feeling that there's more to come. Like we're only three in. Three of eight. Uh, and we've got plenty of Ahsoka Tano. We've got to set up some sort of a, a big, you know, climax into a cliffhanger for next season. So, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. Oh, also, uh, pred- there's going to be a there's going to be a cliffhanger that we can't handle this year. It's going to oh, be I'm sure. so annoying. You're going to think 2020 is turning around until you get that cliffhanger and be like, "You're right. <laughs> this year does suck." <laughs> I mean, if, if Star Wars has taught us anything, Craig, it's going to be your prediction of Luke Skywalker showing up. It's going to be the very last shot of the last episode of the season, and you're just going to turn around and you're going to see him, and then that's yeah. it. Credits, and you're like, "What I, again? God, <laughs> not again!" Don't, what's he going to do with that lightsaber? What is he going to do? Nobody, uh, he's not going to throw it over his shoulder, there. is he? <laughs> No way. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I loved it. Uh, and I loved all of the, again, the design of the show is fantastic. The, the like at, at crane thing. Oh, it was like half so cool. at, at with like, we need a vintage collection crane like to pull. I'm going to dip my razor crest into the above ground pool at the neighbor's house. I'm going to need a big crane to take it out. I thought you were going to say just your bathtub. I mean, that too. When your yeah. razor crest needs a calm down, <laughs> go to the bathtub. You just, you just go get your ad at crane and you're good to go. <laughs> and and all of the comedic little touches too like like you mentioned that that tag at the end where they get back into the cockpit of the razor crest and he just has the throwaway line like ah uh, mon calamari and there's nets and rigging and all sorts of shit all over the the cockpit it's so good Dude, they need to include that with my razor crest from Haslab. there should have been another yeah. there should <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna have to like cut up some of my shirts and make that happen. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say if it ever falls off you the shelf, you don't know where those shirts have been. You right, don't right. know where those yeah. shirts have been. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, I do. You might not, but I do, and it's great. <laughs> and, and then I would actually turn the inside, the other parts of it, into a tiki bar. It would all kind of match. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, we got a couple questions that came in. Let's address these. AJ Quick, what Craig, what Red Hot Chili Pepper song am I thinking of? That's an inside joke. If you listen to this week's episode of the S. Absent Podcast, you would understand that. Uh, I had a very interesting Red Hot Chili Peppers radio ticket giveaway experience. You can find that in the archives. Uh, from Forlam to Zuckus, does the show exist if Mando successfully delivers the child to the Jedi? Oh. So hmm. I think that- it's like the nanny. Right? Or like, who's the boss? Right. Like, if they hook up, will it be just as good? If Ross and Rachel get together, is there even Why? a yeah, where's like the we, we kind of Like, we, we kind of talked about that last week when we were talking about how long we thought the series was going to go. And we were trying to figure out, like, is it five seasons? Is it six seasons? Like, unless the show completely reinvents itself at season four, like, how can it possibly sustain any further past <laughs> that? But you Bring in a new dad. <laughs> <laughs> My two dads with uh, my two mandos, my, my two, two mandos. mandos. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I, I think that the the pinnacle, the peak of the show, will be the child being delivered to the Jedi. But I don't think we're going to see that for 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 long. I think they're going to stretch that out somehow. Um, uh, wait, wait, wait! I got it. 
Two Mandos, one child. Stop it. John Bartley, uh, did Holiday Bobby Frick fill you with joy? John, it did. I love that little guy. I was like, uh, my wife. <laughs> uh, or, or I think Ray Cameron, Ray Cameron earlier said, the John is ready. Night. And should there be a Pizza Hut limited time offer promotion called Razor Crust? Thanks, yes. John Yerkeba. I think Oh, be. dude, that's brilliant. I actually really like that. Stuffed and if I read books, I get it for free. That's oh, the I only way I, I love the Now, those are books yeah. I really need. The Book It Club? Talking Book about It Club, it. man. Listen, everybody, this was a ton of fun. Thank you so much for joining. <laughs> We're almost at two hours. We know it's late. We're going to let everybody get to bed. We appreciate you joining us for Midnight Mando. We'll be back next week. For more, and God knows what's going to happen. What are you laughing about? Ryan's just like doing stuff. He's, He's got fishnet under that Hawaiian shirt or that bowling shirt right yeah. now. Dude, show us the fishnet. Please do. Next week. <laughs> next week, I'll have my latex mask and fishnets on. All right. Bye, everybody. Can't have wait. a wonderful evening. <laughs> and make sure that you are checking out Troy Benjamin every week on the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad Podcast. We got a big year coming up for Ghostbusters. In theory. Next year's our year, guys. Next year's our year. Are you still watching Eric? Next year's our year, right? Yes. Next year is our year. It has to be. There's there's no more years after that. (laughs) Please tell me next year's our year. (laughs) Please tell (laughs) us next year's our year. Bye, everybody. We need it. Please. (laughs)